Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Recording there is in progress. Is. There she is. I'm Scott Tilford. You're Jules Gill. It's the Untitled Banter Podcast. The UBP, the UBP, the UBP. Massive shout out to the person whose name I forgot, and I'm sorry, but I do remember you tweeting us saying that you got a tattoo this week, and the thing that bonded you and your tattooist was that you were both a fan of the show, and they were chanting <laughs> UBP between them. Big love, and hopefully your tattoo has turned out very well. Put some Bapantham on it. That's the thing that you're supposed to do. Take See, I, I like the idea that they're getting their tattoo right, and they're, mm-hmm. they're laughing, and every single time they're chanting UBP, that the pen's just going to so that's ended up like ruining this thing so they'll forever look at that uh tattoo and just think oh that was a great time when i had a tattoo ruined be by bonded. It's, fat, it's a bold egg <laughs> bringing people together um yeah sadly we didn't get to do uh, last week's episode but we're back this week and we're yeah. going to roll in um, a few different questions from that were submitted anyway uh, for the show a couple weeks ago as well as everything else that got sent in and um, if you're new to the entitled banner podcast we do a weekly roundup of different thoughts questions whatever you'd like us to talk about uh, ranging from food to movie takes to video games to just whatever's whatever's going on dual skills so whatever whatever and so this last week maybe it was last couple of weeks times a flat circle was the return of the matrix as a talking point um which is to say that our opening question is from pg quips the man with the best name ever love it who says what was your favorite matrix game path of neo enter the matrix or matrix online also will we see another matrix game in the future also blue or red pill Oh my god, that's that's a lot to digest right there. <laughs> I just have to say, what's the one where you play as um, Niobe uh, and go to the Matrix? Right, yeah. that. Yeah. If you say that that's your favorite game, you are don't, a narc. You are a narc. You are a narc. No one. No one prefers a, a neo alternate reality criminal. No one prefers Path of Neo. What are you on about? What, what are you on about? Path of Neo was the better one because of the end oh, boss of the giant Agent Smith. When that, the Wachowskis mm. came in and they were just kind of like, oh, you know, uh, the end Jesus thing that we wrote for the film. That would be great <laughs> on in the cinema, but it's boring. They even said it's oh, boring. Their own ideas. And it's had the Mecca giant Smith fight with the When he gets, his, he gets his glasses from the billboard. And then he has a little smirk and I'm just there like, <laughs> oh, mate, this is it. This is where it's at. I do remember, I mean, I, I at the time I really liked Path of Neo, but I was a bit let down by the the fact that they tried to do the bullet time scene and i remember when i still remember little little teenage me trying to do the bullet time scene on the top of the lobby top of the rooftop and neo just bends over backwards and then you could just run around in that animation 
and I was just yeah. running around, yeah, like, you could just break doing the, game the like that, doing you? the limbo, and I just thought that was a bit naff. But End of the Matrix, though, was the one where they shot all the footage and it tied in with Reloaded, and you no, were driving no, that car. No, no, you are you are correct, right? Yeah, yeah. In the fact that they they shot footage for the film, but all of it was bunk. No, it was, it was just not the, dual yes, skill. it was, mate. Nothing, nothing <laughs> happened in that game that furthered the plot or the understanding. He caught the him overall... with a car. I don't know. It was, he no, would have I, hit the ground if right. not. Are you telling me that it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's a central view in it. It is to play this game to really I... understand the lore of the Matrix. Well, oh Nothing God, it's happened. been, it's been so, Nothing well, happened. no, they do, they, they tie it in because in the Animatrix, in the Call of the Osiris, the message that's being sent. I mean, you're already is... listing a thing that isn't the game. Well, I'm, so I'm well, just saying. You know, well, mm, the, the, the signal from the ship that they respond to at the start of Reloaded was gotten to them by Niobe's ship, by everything yes. that happened in Animatrix and by the Enter the Matrix game. Therefore, it is essential canon dual scale. Uh, essential canon is literally, you're just like, <laughs> you You basically told me that uh, the equivalent of a short animated film and an entire video game yeah. is basically the equivalent of somebody leaving a post-it note on a kettle. <laughs> like, there is there is nothing that I could have gleaned from that. Oh that my I couldn't God. have got from a little two second, who delivered this? This guy. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. I just, I, I definitely appreciate the scale of production. I like the fact that they did do, they literally just, you know, shot both Reloaded and Revolutions and all the Enter the Matrix scenes all yeah. in one go with yeah, the same yeah, yeah. cast and everything else. I still love that they do that. Like, cause no one would do that these days. You would, it would take no. a very specific auteur or, you know, some sort of creative force to, to will that Hideo Kojima is the only one that could Maybe do Kojima. it. And we do not need to give him any more projects. He's got a racing <laughs> game in Death Stranded now, so let's just leave him at it. Oh my um, God. To yeah. answer the question though, yes. my answer would actually be the uh, MMORPG that was okay. the, um, the Matrix one, because mm-hmm. as Ewan pointed out recently, uh, rest his soul, um, he, he basically <laughs> said that there was an online event in which Morpheus died. And that apparently, oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently yeah. is canon, and that's apparently why Morpheus is not well, going to be in the Matrix Four. Oh God, we didn't talk about that's, this last week, did we? No, yeah, he, we did. He, he was gunned down by one of the, I think it was the Seraphites, because after, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how hardcore you want to go on Matrix law, but the, listen, whole... mate, I know that it, stepping into the <laughs> ring with you is basically like uh, I've got brittle bones disease, and you're Muhammad Ali. I'm not going to last ten rounds, but go. <laughs> I'm going to hug you to death. No, it, basically, it's just that um, in yeah, in the Matrix Online, Morpheus was gunned down, but then he was sort of they never found the body or something. So he came back and then it was like um, Thomas Anderson, as, as in Neo, reappears in the real world as Sarah Edmonton's, which is like an anagram of Thomas Anderson. It's a whole thing. But it seems like in the Matrix Resurrections that they're carrying on from where the Matrix Online left off. None of this has anything to do with the question, which is clearly that Enter the Matrix was the best Matrix game. I don't know what, I don't know where we are if it's not Absolute that. Absolute narc answer, but <laughs> fine. You can, you can have your opinion. You can do there. the cartwheel um, in slow motion. It was so cool. I, I, I loved Enter the Matrix. Red pill or blue pill though? Red pill or blue pill? I always forget which one's which, to be honest, as a hardcore Matrix fan. I should clearly oh, know which that's one's even, which. That's even better, though, because then that way you just go like uh, 50-50, odds on a wake-up or not. I would definitely do... Um, took both at the same well, time? They just balance themselves out. You just sort of go on a hell of a trip and just sort of come back. Maybe you go through that, that mirror then. world and go back I'd, again. I'd wake up a little bit and then go back to sleep. Yeah, just sort of just a mild alarm clock. It's uh, startling. I think I would take the one that lets me know the truth. I would rather know the truth about all things and then live with that. And at least I can be wholesome and I can find, I, I can build a little life in the weird wasteland with all the flying robots and everything. I would take yeah. that over, like, I guess you wouldn't even know the world is fake, but if they're offering you the pill, then you have to live, have to leave with that information. But the, the pill wipes the memory that you found out. So yeah, well, you wouldn't even know. know the question. So I guess it's, that's that. 
it's one of those things where like uh, uh, yeah you're totally right knowing the <laughs> truth would be the best thing theoretically mm. but when you look at him it's just like the fashion sense is a bit dour <laughs> i'm not really into sweaty underground raves anymore i've grown out of that it a is a bit of a different now. swerve um don't really fancy all of the sort of like body modification things they've got going mm. on there. Looks like it would hurt a bit or get rusty. I don't want to get like, I don't want to have to oil a lot my of rust parts. in the, in the real world. And, yeah. and also it just looks a bit sort of grim and uh, the food <laughs> doesn't look very nice. And I don't think that it's, that there's a lot about the real world that I'm just kind of like, just sounds like a real hassle. Mm. So, and they definitely don't have video game consoles or multiple versions of the Switch in oh, the real mate, world. How would so. you kill the time? Oh, chatting about what you did in the, in the Matrix. <laughs> Be fair. It was trying to kill time in the real world in the Matrix would be that scene from Reloaded that goes on for 40 minutes where he's talking to the old man and he's just talking about, oh, there's oh, the machines architect. over there. No, no, well, there's that too, but I mean, the, oh, I yeah. the the name of the guy that's the wise old sage who just talks about, oh, that machine regulates our water supply. That machine Oh, yeah, when he's having supply. a little moment and he's looking over the edge and, yes, he's just, yeah, uh, and exactly. the guy comes up and he's there like, oh, there's machines that I don't even understand. Like, <laughs> yes, bloody literally. good you are then, mate. And I feel like that would just be the entirety of every conversation in the Matrix. Um, overall, though, the would we see another Matrix game in the future? I hope so. I feel like the technology exists to do a really cool, you know, third-person slow-motion style thing. But at the same time, I wonder how much that stuff just isn't in vogue anymore. Like, I would it, hope so, but... Here's a question for you, right? Mm. Um, so, in outside, in the real world, you've yes. got old people that are there. <laughs> you that are part people. of the um, uh, the the little council that they've made, right? Now, okay. how long has Zion been around? Oh, my God. Um... Oh god, I don't know my it's, dates it's, off the top not, of my head. They, it's they not keep that saying, long though. They keep saying that they kill them off every like cycle, don't they? Like the Reapers. So Neo the yeah, the Sentinels, well the architect and the machines, they reset humanity. It's uh, Neo is like the seventh one or the sixth one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So my so my thing is is that there's pretty low chance that they've grown old like outside of that mm. right so that mm. means that they were technically plucked from the matrix unless the matrix is kept in a perma state of 1999 cusp of 2000s <laughs> era which yes. it isn't then that means that they were how the hell would they get out with dial-up like, you well, know what I mean? Like, like a modem and they trying to down it. <laughs> I guess like the, like the whole thing was that the original one was the person who freed the first few, but like, there's obviously it's, this is breaking my head. Cause there's also millions of them in the human farm in yeah. real world anyway. Yeah. And you can't, the only person who ever freed their own mind was the kid, which is another animatrix story. Funnily enough, which is good. Like, I enjoyed that. Which is really, really good. But um, yeah, I don't know. And I, like you said, there's that whole time period thing. I'd be curious to see what matrix resurrections does in regards yeah, to like, me too. does it feel newer? Does it feel like time has passed in that world? Or I'm, not? I'm very glad I'm that type of Matrix fan where I just mm. appreciate the movies, but I never right. really got into the super deep lore because the more and more I got That's into me. it, the more I was just like, oh, it looks like it's very, it's very techy. And I'm I think just I've, like, I've, oh. I think I've said to you before, I said on this podcast that I love a big, stupid, convoluted lore. Like, just give, I love it. I love all the terms. Give me everything. I love memorizing all of Metal Gear Solid and everything God, yeah. else. That, that's just literally all your favorite games. You yeah. love The Legend of Zelda when it's like yeah. all of their convoluted timeline thing. Metal Gear Solid. You love mm -hmm. Death Stranding. Yep. Oh, this is, oh, Death no. Stranding ending let me down but I, I mean i'm literally wearing a kojima shirt as i yeah, record this but like i yeah give me a big stupid law and i'll try and keep up with all the terms for it um we talked a lot about the matrix there yeah but we'll thank you pg Yes, massive thank you to PG Quips. Um, next question from Marcus the Thief. Afternoon, year legends. With God of War Ragnarok wrapping up the Norse setting, where are you hoping for the next setting to... Well, uh, where are you hoping for the next setting to be if they continue the franchise? The moon. 
<laughs> I want them to fight moon in space. <laughs> the thing is with this, um, we did a video, or I did a video back in 2018, whenever this game first came out, where you can find a slab of wood in the mm -hmm. game, and um, which shows Tyr, the guy that goes between the different mythologies anyway, um, visiting Japanese mythology, Celtic mythology, Christ, what looked like Christian mythology, um, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, which does open the idea up of Kratos battering Jesus, which I, yeah, you know, that sure. I could be very, very much up for that because I, it's really weird. There's obviously some religions that are just like, no, no, we're not going to have our deities mocked, mm -hmm. and that's completely up to them. That's mm -hmm. like their their beliefs. But at the same time, going toe to toe with Jesus and, and night nailing him to the cross royale. would actually be quite a cathartic experience for some <laughs> people out there. I find it would be quite fun. Plus, kind of makes if, me they think make, if they make Jesus yeah. like really ripped, like sexy Jesus, then that way the Christians <laughs> will be really happy too. Just, just be like, man, Josh that really. Jesus looks real good. Right now. <laughs> that's the version I want to play as. I think that, um, yeah, that's the whole thing with um, the way that they've teased it, where the thing that I said in the video, which is what I state to you now, is I would love them to do Japanese mythology, just yeah. because I feel like, you know, um, Shinto worship. And I remember looking up, I forget the, the name of the specific god, but there is a god, there is a dragon god of sea and storms. And nice. I, he just looks really cool. And I was, I'd love that. I love the idea of that. If I'm going for sheer spectacle, I think that would be really cool. Um, the the yeah. thing is, is that they're wrapping up with the Norse uh, mythology. I fair, yeah. feel like they're wrapping up fairly quick with it because there's a lot yeah. of Norse gods. I would love them. And they've obviously done like a lot of the Roman gods. They've done a lot of the Greek gods as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that uh, Japanese mythology would make sense, but I would like them to delve into some Celtic British lore as well. Mm. I feel like that would actually be quite interesting. Because they've got, obviously with Tia being in the new trailer, and, and then, then they've said this is the last Norse one, and they've switched the director and stuff, which we got a question about that too. But mm. like, yeah, it is that thing of like, what is God of War to some degree? Like, if I'd like that they prove that it didn't need to be Greek, that they could do Norse. But then I just wonder yeah. if it becomes the franchise that just dips into different mythologies, and maybe that's how you extend it or something. It's just... I don't know what you do with that franchise overall, yeah. other than just angry Kratos and Atreus do stuff. I really hope that they they know when to cap it. Like, yeah. don't carry on the God of War franchise because the the break and the reboot was the sort of like uh, sorbet experience that mm. we needed to refresh us to go back into it. But I feel like the cinematic uh, like sort of arc of God of War mm. definitely has a, uh, a sell by date, mm. and I really don't hope that it uh, overstays its welcome and then just delves further and further into to get like the. Because that's what you end up with the Dynasty Warriors franchise. You end right. up just going back to the same thing over and over again and just saying, hey, what about this officer that was at this battle? Let's well, have him yeah, as a playable exactly. character. It's like nobody wants you to just drag up the things just for the sake of dragging it up. No, totally. That was obviously what Metal Gear became as well. I think the God of War, like as much as it does have a lore you can get stuck into, it's not lore dependent. It's way more character dependent. So mm -hmm, I kind of, mm -hmm. I like the, in the, the gameplay teaser that they put out, they have that whole thing where Atreus wants Kratos to go to war. And he's like, yeah. oh, could you think more like a general and less like a father? And he snaps he's at like, that. No. Yeah, and I love the fact that they extend, like you, you build it out and make it so that, you know, it becomes this sort of big manifestation of him, him divorcing himself from how he used to be yeah. and how he used to think. And that should manifest as trying to be a better father. I, I feel like this might go down the route of the uh, the Last of Us Two, where we're going to mm. lose a central figure that is mm. going to be very important to people, uh, but it's going to actually be quite fitting because they've done all they can do. Like, oh, can in, you imagine in, if they kill Kratos? <laughs> in actual fact, him turning around and saying no, I'm mm. not going to go to war, is literally him renouncing the God yeah. of War title. When you look at it like that on a thematic level, mm. and he's passing it to his son, so it's either going to be that um, that uh, his son becomes Loki in the sense kills him, takes. Mm the rain brings about Ragnarok and the end of all things mm. or it's a fact that he's going to pass on and the mantle's going to go to somebody else like Tyr. Because there's that whole thing in the uh, the mural from the end of the 2018 one where you see mm. him, it looks like a lot like him, dying in um, Atreus's arms and birthing um, the giant snake whose name I've forgotten. 
Um, yeah, the that one that will thing. eat the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like that snake is white with like red scales and stuff. In the in the mm-hmm. original in the 2018 game, everyone thinks that's him reincarnated, and it would explain a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, but yeah, I think if, if they end up killing Kratos, doing what they did to a certain certain someone in Last of Us Two, uh, I don't know if that would go down very well. But I like the idea of like what you said of him sort of going like, no, I won't go back. Like I've matured, yeah. and the whole message in the 2018 one was we need to be better. So it's just like that whole comment on violence overall. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've I had a few. We've had we've had a few games that have managed to show like the cycle of uh, violence and mm. revenge doesn't. It just brings about more suffering, and the only way to break well, it is like... to, to die. That you can't you can't escape it. Like even mm-hmm. um, uh, John Marston's like story is like he got redemption from his family, but he couldn't be a part of it. He mm. had to die in order for it to like uh, free them from his, mm-hmm. his from paying for his sins. But his Cause... son, when he goes on and does it, uh, kills. Oh, what's his name? The the guy in uh, the Edgar epilogue, Ross, I think. Edgar Ross. He starts a new cycle of violence, so yeah. he doesn't actually learn from it. That was like the underlying tragedy of that whole story that he ends up becoming yeah. just like his dad, even though his yeah. dad was trying to teach him about sheep wrangling or whatever it was. Yeah. But yeah, I like the the whole idea of like maturing Kratos, maturing people like Nathan Drake, doing these like elevated versions of the character. So I, yeah, it's very curious territory what they do going forward. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. 
And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, next question from Nick, who says, thoughts on who should play Logan in the new Wolverine game? Consensus seems to be Roger Clark or Jeffrey Pierce at the moment. Also, thoughts on God of War being a duology rather than a trilogy, which we kind of touched on before, and of Cory Barlog's confirmation not being the director. Um, thoughts on the Wolverine stuff? First. I'm really excited because mm. of the fact that if they can, because it's Insomniac that are doing yep. this as well, mm -hmm. if they can do the same with what um, uh, the Spider-Man, uh, what uh, sorry, Spider-Man and Spider-Man Mars Morales has mm. done for Spider-Man, then I feel like we could be on the cusp of seeing new reinvented it's superhero games because they used, they used to be the absolute dreck of all of the video game industry. Like tie-in <laughs> video games that were superhero related mm -hmm. were the worst. Like mm -hmm. Thor the video game, Silver Surfer for the N NES and the Iron Man games that came out, they right. were some of the worst titles oh, yeah, like, ever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that this is like the, the start of it. The thing that's quite interesting with Wolverine is that my reference point is X-Men Origins Wolverine, which like the movie was terrible, but the game was incredible. And like mm. they had that really cool healing system where like you would literally all the bullets would go through you. Yeah, and you'd off. see it like you'd almost slowly, like healing. Yeah, you'd slowly come back again. It has, I hope it has that healing system in because no other game has had that where like yeah. they literally coded like a, a skeleton, the musculature, musculature yeah. and just slowly let it wear away if you get damaged. I thought it was super, so cool. Um, my general reaction, just to be completely honest, for a Wolverine game was actually kind of like, okay, like, because I feel like we've done that. I, I really? wish it was a okay. daredevil game. I wish it was someone that hasn't had that treatment. Like for me, it's like, yeah, because for me, I, I, it, it'll be great. It'll be solid. Everyone loves Wolverine. He's going to say Bob and he's going to say he's the best at what he does. And he's going to say all those things. But I feel like we know exactly how that's going to play. It's going to be another third person hack and slash game with Wolverine in the middle of it. And I hope they think of something to do other than that. But the, yeah. amount, the money that's riding on it, I just feel that's, like we know exactly yeah. what that is. That's the thing, like it's with all like video games nowadays, because they cost hundreds of millions of dollars, mm. like they have to make sure that they are getting that money back and mm. it's tying it to a, a fashionable IP. Mm -hmm. And even though Wolverine isn't out, is he's not currently active, obviously with Logan, the film, like writing out mm. at the end of his story there, mm -hmm. he's still very much in the public consciousness. So mm. it's still an IP to trade on. Personally, oh, yeah, yeah. if like I was to say to make a, a new superhero game that people would actually enjoy, but maybe not have heard of, make a game about Cloak and Dagger. Like having, having yeah, something like the a, gameplay would be different. Yeah, yeah, like a two player co-op thing with two very different mm. sets of powers that complement each other in a co-op gameplay setting like mm -hmm. that would sell well in terms of gameplay, but maybe not in terms of recognizable like, IP. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Like if you did Daredevil, obviously there was the massive momentum coming off the Netflix yeah. show and then it's obviously died away a bit because that it went away. But like if you did a Daredevil game, you could think of a whole combat system based around like echolocation and tracking yeah. where bullets are coming from and dodging and the, all the stuff with the bitty clubs. And I was just kind of like, I know I, this is a safe bet. Like it's a safe yeah. bet. It's yeah. Wolverine. It's going to be solid. Um, the actual question about who should play Logan, uh, my go-to is always just Steve Blum because it was always him in the animated series. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to ask him the other games. Him because uh, it's yeah. just such a recognizable voice, distinctive yeah. growl that he's got. Did you play the X2 game when the movie came out? The one that Mark no. Hamill... <laughs> no. no. Mark Hamill was the voice of Wolverine in that. And uh, and that was my first Wolverine game. So I, I loved that game. And I, it's that... very ropey, but it was it was fun. You could take out two and three people at once and it was great. Is that the one that he has no recollection of recording? Because I remember him like talking about some of the voiceover gigs he's done in the past. Everyone was like, oh, you're really famous for like the Joker and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. then they were like, you've also done this. And he's like, 
did I? I don't remember <laughs> doing this one. Like, and I can't remember if it was tied to an X-Men game. I feel like the world has also forgotten that because it doesn't, you think of him as the Joker guy in regards to voice acting, but yeah, to, Mark Hamill totally played Wolverine in the X2 tie-in game. Um, but Madness. yeah, the other thing um, about God of War being a duology, I assume it'll go forward. Um, do you have any general thoughts on Corey Barlog um, being swapped out as the director? For, uh, sorry, the uh, just catch me up speed on this one. He's just forgot. Well, just for God of War, because it was obviously Corey Bollock was like the creative director on the 2018 yeah. one. Um, and he very much wrote uh, Kratos and Atreus' relationship based on his uh, emerging relationship with his own son. Um, and so him being swapped out and it being so, obviously the game was right. announced. Sorry, I thought that so for some reason that he was attached to the Wolverine thing then, because I was suddenly like, <laughs> wait, what? I missed this. No, I, I've got no problem with him being switched out. If he feels like he's done all he can do and mm. he's passing the reins over, then it's going to be to somebody that he trusts mm -hmm. um, to take it forward. So I feel that's fine because now we can just be excited about what next project he's going to be working mm. on. I think it's, it's an interesting one where I'll just wait and see how it goes. Cause it's like the Cory Barlogs, like there's so much of assumedly so much of him in God of War. Like he was the one who wanted to have the, everything's done in one take style cinematography. Yeah. And like I said, the writing was very much him. Um, and he was like front and center of the, on the launch day reacting to the reviews. And I think a lot of people associate him almost Kojima style with that yeah. creative yeah. Product, uh, product. So I do wonder what the sequel will feel like. And I think that if people don't like it, they'll immediately go, oh, well, it's clearly because he wasn't involved anymore. Yeah. Um, in fact, they've got kind of the best curious. of both worlds. They bought themselves a bit of an out. If they say, if people don't like the sequel, mm. they'll still have paid for it and they'll still mm. write about it and be like, ah, well, you know, we can't compare it to the first because it's obviously not the same director, creative director. Yeah, behind it. I think like, um, they've actually been quite clever in announcing very early on that he's not a part of it. <laughs> I guess, yeah, they kind of do have like, yeah, the sort of fallback. And I think I like the idea that he's departing from it so that the middle installment or if it, whatever chunk it becomes in the timeline mm -hmm. does feel meaningfully different from the sort yeah. of father-son dynamic of the original one. I guess we'll see how it goes. Plus, they've always got it so that if the sequel doesn't do as well, when they mm. bring it out for the inevitable threequel, that means they can bring him back <laughs> on and then everyone will buy it then because it's like, hey, a return to form. There is that. I mean, he said that um, he's staying, he is still staying on board in like an advisory role or something as well. So yeah, it's not like he's it'll be fine. It'll be in Sony Santa house. Monica. I think it's just that some people are kind of, and I, I get the, the go-to sentiment of just like, there's so much of him in that game. Oh my God, yeah. he's not in the sequel. Um, but yeah, next question from Jack Asbury, who says it's that time of the week again. Oh, my question, know, <laughs> my question is that, isn't it strange that Knights of the Old Republic started as an Xbox exclusive and now it's being remade as a timed PlayStation exclusive? Um, yeah, yeah, that is a bit mad. Actually, I never really thought of it that. as an Xbox exclusive back in the day, but I guess that it absolutely was. I mean, it was that whole thing where it was only on the original Xbox, I guess, PC over time. I, I guess it comes to show that just like the changing of uh, the nature of things, doesn't it? Like mm. who's in it, who's got the money, who's got the control yeah. over the industry, who's sort of like collecting the goodwill from other companies. Well, the thing with this like thing being um, a PS5 exclusive, a PlayStation exclusive, like it's, it's Star Wars, it's a huge IP, it's mm -hmm. Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I can't imagine that timed exclusive staying timed very long because there's no, just so much money to I'd, be made. I'd say six months to a year at best. Yeah. And then uh, to be honest, if we're being brutally honest about it, mm. we'll probably get the better version coming to Xbox when any well, sort of DLC or game of the year edition comes out because we'll probably get enhanced features. There'll be mm -hmm. there'll be something to incentivize. And it'll like, be on Game Pass. I, so it's I like, remember yeah. the painful sting of buying Resident <laughs> Evil 4 in the GameCube and just thinking, yes, I've got this. No one else is going to be able to play this. I'm yeah. having the best time of my life. And then seeing the PS2 version come out with like all of the Ada campaigns, all of the extras added in, yep. all the secret bits. And I'm just like, oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just the only um, one. So don't worry about me. 
Well, that's the thing. It's like Star Wars games are in a weird place where Jedi Fallen Order was solid. Battlefront 2 took its sweet time to get mm. ready. And then it, we're just in this weird break now because Rise of Skywalker, the movie, was such a complete mess. So I'm kind of like, if this is going to be the next wave of Star Wars games, but it's only on one platform, it's like, well, you kind of need to make a better um, yeah. you know, reintroduction to that mythos. Um, what were your general thoughts on Night's Old Republic reboot? Because I, oh, I, I thought I they was... would have showed way more than they did. Well, to be honest, mate, I am just absolutely on board 100% <laughs> and I know that it is a very dangerous hype train to ride because I was reading a few articles uh, recently and I do actually have to agree with the consensus that I do think that if we're bringing the Knights of the Old Republic into the modern day, mm. then I really think that we should address things like the combat and right. some of the other things. I do think that the story that runs through the original uh, Knights of the Old Republic is absolutely incredible yeah, like same. i feel for pacing in terms of the worlds you visit in terms of the character development that goes across i totally would keep everything as it is mm -hmm. but i do think that we're going to see a revision of the combat system and maybe that's why we've not seen any gameplay elements for it because maybe. they're still trying to figure out i mm -hmm. hope we don't go the route of a fully third person action shooter game i don't want that Mm. I want some tactical element. I want some party management. I want some control over tactics that are going into the battle. But I do think that sometimes the the, the combat system was a little bit clunky yeah, because of the fact that like, you know, you would uh, select your attacks, you stack them up, you'd watch the animation play out. Mm. I feel like that needs to be a bit quicker in order to hook the modern day audiences, because if you just make a straight uh, shot for shot remake of it, it probably will lose a bit of interest and momentum when it's sat aside like, like stuff like Mass Effect and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what makes me wonder because Bioware put a statement out saying they're not involved in it at all. It's It's gone to, I think it's Aspire who's doing the development side of it. So I guess they'll have free reign to just... What's Aspire's you know, like, track record? I, can't, like? I, do, I forget what else they uh, did. Let's, I didn't do, it, let's do a quick Google search, shall we? <laughs> let's let's figure them. out who's, what they got. By yeah. name, but I bet they've done... They did Stubbs the Zombie. They did Civilization uh, Six. Or at least they're, they're the titles that come up on Google alongside them. They've done some of the... They helped out with the old uh, Jedi Knight game and stuff as well so they have okay. the pedigree and they helped out on knights of the old republic too um i guess they also they're more known as uh, more of like a publisher than like necessarily a developer um i mean not but... gonna lie if if we were if we were looking to uh the thing of like star wars republic commando and mm. jedi knight academy um if they managed to do jedi academy style mm -hmm. combat i think that people might be pretty receptive to that again i know that i've just said that it's not a third person action shooter and that mm. is literally that but i feel like that was a good enough game or a good enough example of how to do lightsaber combat well mm. um, well the thing so that i yeah. love like because I, I went through night old republic or the the first sort of half of it ish like the other month because i was just something reminded me of the bit where you build your own lightsaber and in yeah. my head it was this full-on go to the caves pick your crystal you mine it and craft it and whatever it's not it's just one miss side mission you, you just, you just one mission. press x on it <laughs> it yeah. just does it but i played the beginning of it and i love the setting i i mean, I've, I've played it before, but it was back in 2003 or something. Um, and I love that whole setting of that game. And I love how slow the whole intro is. I love exploring mm -hmm. the, um, the, um, the Citadel place that you're in and everything. And I feel like that's going to be a hard thing to balance with a new combat model because you would just fly through it, I think, if you could... Yeah chew through those enemies and stuff so i guess i'm curious what they do with that i would want them mm. to take influence from uh final fantasy 7's remake where you can play it pause input command whatever or you can now just hold different shoulder buttons and, you know and do yeah. stuff in real time so i guess i'm curious what um what that thing would be just a uh, curiosity here what's uh, your musical minute your minute of music gonna be what have you been listening to this week uh god my music minute this week um is probably gonna be turnstile i just the, um, oh, okay. the new the new turnstile album it's just i've kind of just had that on repeat iron maiden's new al album as well i mentioned that last time yeah uh, senjutsu um just a lot of that a lot of synthwave um because nice. dance with the dead announced their new um album slash single they just put some artwork out for it so that got me back oh, into sick. synth stuff um alex yarmak on spotify does a lot of metal versions of hotline music 
um, which it's is just good. like, oh God, yes. Um, just really good, chunky metal versions of the songs from Hotline Miami 1 and 2. If oh, anyone's not class. heard them, um, his version of Hydrogen and uh, Decade Dance and Le Perve are all incredible. Um, okay. That would be mine. What's your music minute? I'd be listening to a lot of just one band on repeat to get ready uh-huh. for an upcoming gig. It's my first gig in two years. And it's just Ooh. a small time one. Just a small time one. I'm uh-huh. going to uh, see a band called Le Brock. They are like oh, an 80s them. power pop band. Yes, yes. And I'm only going to see them. Really good. Well, the thing is, I'm only going to see them because my friend Reese was just like, I've got a spare ticket. Do you want to come? And I was like, right. you know what, mate? I haven't been out to anything in, the, in ages. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it will be good. Listening to it, it's personally a little bit cheesier than I would normally listen to. It's <laughs> right. very much like sort of 3am screaming it at the top of your lungs, drunk out of your mind. But then uh, again, that's exactly what I'm going to be this Friday. Because so <laughs> I've got I've got Trivium booked in for December, I think. That's my first gig Ooh. since last February or something. And I can go and get lost at a Trivium gig. Final question from Steve Ahrens. Hello, legends. What game or moment made you realize that you were a gamer? Also, I just completed the Ori games after hearing Scott tell Josh so much to play them on different occasions. And I had a blast with both. Josh, go play them. Well, I will relay that message. Or go nice. badger him on social media because he really should play the Ori games. Um, <laughs> Mr. Jules, though, what's where, yeah, when did you realize that you were a gamer? I've never really thought about it this um, way. I guess like, what was the first thing you got really sucked into? I think that I got really sucked into playing Secret of Mana on the uh, yeah. on the Snails, um, just the because Snails. of the fact that um, my dad, I think I've told this story before on Chatty Faces, he had mm. like a, um, a save. I went and picked it up, played through it, didn't really understand the game, so just learned by doing. Mm-hmm. I found it incredibly tough, but managed to beat a boss. Um, using the party that he had already created. Mm-hmm. And I was just really happy about it. And I showed it to him and he's like, oh, all right, okay, cool. Delete nice. that because I want to be it sort of thing. So it was a bit of like, <laughs> a, like a bittersweet moment there. But uh, I remember the amount of time that I put into it. I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to start my own save file then and go through the game and do it that way. Mm-hmm. And I do remember being, it's one of those things where I remember playing Secret of Mana a lot, but just not being very good at it because right. I, I'm very much one of those gamers, or I was back in the day, where I didn't read the instructions. I just right. was like, the game should tell me how to play it uh-huh. through how it, like, it through informative gameplay. Whereas uh, that was not the case. I should have studied <laughs> that manual like it was a goddamn school book because I've oh, still man, I got only played so like times. 10 minutes of that game. Like I, I know that it's a huge deal, but I've just, I never, I missed it back at the, in the day. Same with Chrono yeah. Trigger. Um, I just, I know that they're both massive deals, Dude, but I never got there. It's one of those things where, like, I really want to recommend the uh, the remake that Square Enix did oh, God, fairly yeah. recently, but it, it it wasn't that great. It was like mm. mechanically, it was kind of the same, but with a few tweaks that kind of seemed at the detriment to the player. Mm. And the sprite work didn't look too great either. But it is still weirdly probably the best way to play the game because of accessibility in terms of getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It hasn't aged well. That's the problem. <laughs> Legend of Mana, the one that came after it, is uh-huh. really good. That okay. fixed all of the problems. And now that that's getting a remake, I'm not sure if it's even out yet, but it is, it's pretty much out soon or out now. I can't right. remember. But that is definitely a much better game. And I would, de- I'd recommend right. that to step into. I think for me, uh, I think I've told this story before, but it would be the original Metal Gear Solid. That was the thing that just yeah, absolutely man. took me over. Like I was playing games before then and stuff like Shinobi and Sonic and everything, but it was mm-hmm. looking forward to Metal Gear Solid, not believing the screenshots and then finally sitting down with it. Uh, and when I finally hit credits, that was like a lifetime achievement for me because I was just like, nice. oh my God, I've done it. And I remember running down the stairs um, to tell my parents that I'd finished Metal Gear Solid and they just went, <laughs> What? What's what's that, son? And I just sort of was like, I've done it, lad. I've done it, mum and dad. I've done this thing. And I think they just told me to calm down because I was probably jumping around the room. But yeah, I just I remember that being the absolute just pinnacle of entertainment back in sort of 1997 or whatever. Even though gaming itself predated then, but I think. Um, that gave way to the, the PS2. It was definitely the PlayStation 2 era when mm-hmm. I spent, it would have been the summer of 2002, 
uh, maybe 2001, whenever I got my PS2, the first summer holidays after that, and I just played the console. I didn't see anybody. And I remember just my dad nice. going, do you realize you've played this for <laughs> six weeks? And I was just like, yes, dad, I have. And uh, it's been a great time. It's been a lovely six weeks and preparing myself for a career in a games banner. But yeah, yeah, it would be something like that. Anything on the early PS2 or, uh, or Metal Gear Solid. Um, so yes, thanks to everybody for sending in their questions. We've got a massive uh, chunk of stuff to get through. I'll roll over some questions to uh, next week because we've got so many to do. Um, and also keep an eye out every Thursday on Twitter when we do the um, the question itself. You can always submit yep. your stuff. Um, I'm on Twitter at slash LP89. Jules, what are you? You can find me at RetroJ with a zero. Beautiful. And thanks to everybody again. This has been the Untitled Banter Podcast, the UPP, the UPP, the UPP. The the UPP. UPP. And we will catch you next week. Bye-bye. See you later, guys. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.